Welcome to Journalistic Integrity. I'm your host, Robert Murphy, and I'm back. Took a few weeks off. I didn't like the audio quality on, on the first few episodes. Got a mic. We're back in business um, just in time for NFL playoffs. So the plan for today, I start with a Deshaun Watson opening and what's going on with the Houston Texans and my thoughts on him calling out the front office. And then after that, the second half is on Saturday's NFL playoff games. So we got three playoff games, Saturday and Sunday, arguably the best football weekend of the year. So really pumped up for those games. And um, I, I give my take on those three games. I'll have a podcast out Saturday night or Sunday morning, reviewing Saturday's games and previewing the three games on Sunday. So really pumped up for these games. Thank you everybody for listening and all the feedback. Um, I love doing this. And without further ado, Here's the open. Okay, today's open is on Deshaun Watson. The updated news on Deshaun is he is frustrated with the Texans' front office because the owner didn't consult him about the GM and coach hiring. They just hired GM Nick Casario. Deshaun's frustrated because he signed that contract beginning of this year, and apparently the owner, Cal McNair, was like, hey, we want you to be our franchise guy and we're going to run all major decisions past you. Obviously, the GM would be a major decision and Sean saying he had no input into that decision and hence why he's frustrated. So the reason I'm doing this is the past couple of years, I've always been low on Deshaun, um, especially because I'm a Chiefs fan. Whenever he plays the Chiefs, he never plays that well. It doesn't look like he's got a ton of fire and energy when he's playing the game. Um, so I've always been low on him, but I wanted to see, like, does he deserve to be a guy that, that can call out the front office or is he just like one of those mediocre NBA players that's always, you know, saying they should be shooting more when they're not that great and there's four better offensive scorers on the team than them. So I did a deep dive. I put on my uh, Greg Cosell – NFL films had on and really sunk my teeth into some footage, into some stats. So I did a deep dive on Deshaun Watson. Here's what I came up with. So obviously he went to Clemson sophomore year. They go undefeated 12 and 0 and they lose to Alabama in the college football championship 45 to 40. So Deshaun biggest game of the year, biggest game of his college career drops 40 points against Alabama. That defense was loaded a lot of uh, current NFL defenders were on that uh, team. Next year, his junior year, last year, make it to the college football playoffs. This time they beat Bama 35-31. You guys remember that Deshaun Watson pass to um, Hunter Renfro at the buzzer. Um, so Clemson wins the, playoff, uh, the, the championship behind Deshaun Watson. Um, what I take from that is he can compete against really good defenses. He's a big-time competitor good leader because they were falling behind in those games and he was able to bring them back. Um, so really kind of like solidified him as a legit quarterback, being able to go against uh, Bama. And he was also able to run pretty well against those really good defenses too. So just kind of outlined that he's a clutch player. That final drive was pretty amazing and that uh, his speed is probably going to translate to the NFL uh, because he's able to run around against Nick Saban's defenses uh, loaded with those pro players. So we fast forward to the NFL draft 2017. He is picked. Let's see. He's picked, I think, 12th overall 
and to the Texans. Um, so drafted, signed by the Texans. I think their starting quarterback was Tim Savage. He actually gets hurt week one of that year. Deshaun comes in, plays four games, um, starts four games before he tears his ACL and he's out for the rest of the season. However, in those four games, he looked really good. And he actually set a rookie record for TDs responsible in a game with five. So that was his, uh, his rookie year. Go to his sophomore year, 2018. Um, Texans go 11 and five. Deshaun goes 4,100 yards, 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, and they lose in the wild card to uh, the Colts that year. But overall, good season. I mean, 26 and nine with 4,100 yards, really good for a sophomore year, which is kind of like his, his first year because he tore his ACL. So not only was uh, that kind of his first full season, but he was coming off a torn ACL and responded really well and recovered pretty quickly because um, he started all of those games. So we go to 2019. Um, and at this time, so to go over the Texans defenses, 2017, 32nd rated defense and points allowed, 2018, uh, fourth. And so in this year that we're talking about right now, 2019, they're the 19th best defense in points allowed. They go 10 and five. Deshaun goes, uh, I think it's 29 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 3,800 yards, um, doing some stuff on the ground as well. They win a playoff game. So they, they're down 16 0 to the, uh, I forgot to write down what team that was, whatever. So they're down 16-0. They end up winning 22-19. So Deshaun brings them back. We saw that in the college football playoff. Um, so we're like, okay, this guy's got some game in him. He's got, you know, clutch. He's probably a good leader and kind of keeping people pumped up on the sidelines. Although it doesn't, from the outside, it doesn't always look like he is like the hoorah guy, kind of like Mahomes. You see Mahomes like yelling on the sideline, Brady. Uh, this is more of a different leadership style. And that I think is something I was mistaken for apathy and not really caring, but obviously he does care and uh, is a good leader and he's showing it on the field. So um, we're talking 2019, that was last year. So that was the same uh, playoff run that they were up 24-0 against the Chiefs and ended up losing 51-31 Mahomes comeback. They're up, so they're up 24-0 in the second quarter and then Mahomes and the boys go on a 51-7 run. And uh, so that 20. Going back to that 22-19 win in the wild card, that was against the Buffalo Bills. And so the team that everyone loves right now, um, just a year before, Watson was down 16-0 and came back against that really good defense. And what they do? They they went on a 22-3 to run to win that game. So pretty impressive win. That was his first um, playoff win. So we go to 2020, this current year. Deshaun signs that four-year $177 million contract, 111 guaranteed. And Deshaun seems to be the real deal. So this contract almost looks like a bargain. Whenever you can get a game-changing quarterback like that, the price really doesn't matter um, as long as it's not like an absurd like $55, $60 million. I mean, Deshaun has shown that he's worth every penny of that. And he had his best year this year. Unfortunately, the defense this year and points allowed was 27th. Okay, so Deshaun... His four years has had the 32nd best defense in 2017, then fourth best, uh, which is the year they went 11 and five, the 19th, and then this year 27th best. Um, 
They go four and twelve. Deshaun Watson throws, leads the league in passing yards with forty eight hundred. I know some of that is because they're coming from behind and they're throwing the ball a lot. Um, in addition to that, thirty three touchdowns, seven interceptions. So I mean that's a really low interception total for a guy that's having to throw the ball a lot, uh, even though they're they're coming back and uh, you know getting off to the, those deficits and having to catch up through the air. So that's Deshaun so far through the, the four years uh, in the league. And so my final conclusion is, yeah, I think you should run these decisions by him because he is a game changer. He is a guy you want on the Houston Texans for a long time. He's only 25 years old. And the way quarterbacks are staying around in this league, the way they're taking care of themselves with the nutrition, the working out, and Deshaun seems like an extremely hard worker, prepared, all that stuff. He could play until he's 40. So you've got a guy that you could keep for 15 years. And I don't th- I mean, I don't think a guy like that, a competitive guy like that, that cares about winning and surrounding himself with good people, good coaches and GMs is going to forget about what happened here. Okay, now I'm quickly going to go over Saturday's playoff games, trying to keep this under 20 minutes, so I'm not going to spend too much time on each game. So first game is Saturday at 1 o'clock, CBS, the Colts at the Bills. Bills are going to have about 6,500 fans in their stadium. So that will be cool to see uh, some fans in the stadium. They haven't had any fans in there all year. Um, So Bills favored by about a touchdown. This is my one upset for the day. Everyone's all over the Bills, and that's partly why I really like the Colts. But the main reason why I like the Colts is their ability to run the football and experience. So third leading rusher in the NFL, who do you think it is? Jonathan Taylor. Okay, so it was Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and then Jonathan Taylor, who was splitting snaps and uh, didn't play nearly as much as a lot of other starting running backs in the league and especially the past four or five games has really come on. The Colts have really hit their stride these the last third of the season. I mean, you think where they started, they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars week one. The one when the Jaguars had was week one against the Colts. So that kind of tells me is this team wasn't ready the beginning of the year, right? So their starting running back is – or big running back. I don't know if he was a starter then, but Jonathan Taylor – they got a new quarterback in Phillip Rivers. So they might have been one of those teams that wasn't able to adjust to COVID that quickly because of all the new parts. And, you know, the past few games, they've really turned it up. I mean, they should have easily beat the Packers earlier this year. And I think they're a team that can really dominate the time of possession. So the Bills' 20th ranked rush defense, I think, uh, I think Buffalo's defense is a little bit overrated. They do have a decent secondary, but. I think I see the Colts running it down their throat, keeping it close, not giving Josh Allen a ton of possessions. And the reason everyone says like, hey, keep the ball so you don't give the other the really good quarterback like a Mahomes or an Allen, in this case, a lot of possessions. And that's because if you limit the number of possessions, you can hold them. You can kind of decrease or have an abnormality percentage of possessions that they score. So if you give them 15 possessions, which is a lot in a game, they're more like more likely to get to that mean of X amount of points that they score, a high amount of points. But if you cut down the possessions to like eight, you're like, hey, we get a lucky pick here, a tip here. Maybe they only score on two or three of those possessions, 
rather than giving them more opportunities where they're going to rise to the mean of that high scoring output. So I like the Colts. I really like the way their defense is rounding out with Darius Leonard, getting pressure on Josh Allen. These linebackers have the athleticism to hopefully contain, if you're a Colts fan, hopefully contain Josh Allen because he is a beast when he's running really fast. Um, but I, there's something, this isn't the most scientific analytical decision pick, but I like the Colts. I like Phillips' experience. As I said in the Deshaun Watson segment, the, the uh, Bills last year were up 16-0 and they gave the lead up and lost the game 22-19. I haven't seen it in the playoffs. And at the same time, Phillip Rivers hasn't exactly shown it in the playoffs either. I think he's a game under 500, maybe six and seven is what I saw. But um, I definitely like the Colts to cover it, and I like the Colts to win this one outright. Um, I'm excited for that game. So we go to the next game, uh, 4 o'clock, 440 on Fox Rams at Seattle. This game's going to be close. I don't see this. Two division teams, they know each other. You can, quote, unquote, throw out the record books. Um, so I want everybody sitting at home, go ahead and grab your – closest record book and go ahead and, and just give it a little toss outside the window because we're talking interdivision playoff game. This is the third time they're going to play. So the Rams 10 and six Seahawks 12 and four Seahawks have had an interesting season because their defense was horrible. The first like six games, especially before um, they got a pass rusher and Adams got healthy, but go back to week two, I believe and Cam Newton had a really good game against them. They dropped like 35-ish points. And everyone's like, oh, I can't believe you uh, 31 teams didn't go after Cam Newton. Turns out Cam Newton, pretty bad. I think he was hurt the last four or five games, but not good. He, I mean, he would throw the ball to – not to make this Cam Newton segment, but he would throw it. Like, it looked like he was spiking it to some of his receivers. And so I can only imagine a, a Patriots practice where the receivers coach is like, yeah – uh, we're not going to work on like going side to side or jumping up for balls. If you run a five-yard curl, be ready to dive forward to catch what only appears to be a spike. I think some of his throws, if there's a, a spectrum between a football throw and a spike, I think it was closer to the spike section, maybe 55-45 spike. Anyway, um, the Rams defense, front line, uh, defensive line, good. I think they're going to get pressure on Russell. Uh, Russ has not looked great recently. He looks uncomfortable back there. Defensive uh, offensive line a little shaky. So I think the Rams are going to be able to to get some pressure on Russ. I like the Jalen Ramsey matchup on DK. Um, so I would look out for Tyler Lockett, uh, the guy out of Kansas State, their kicker turner as well. Um, he's good, quick, coming out of the slot. At the end, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. At the end of the day, uh, I trust Russell Wilson a thousand times more than Jared Goff. I think they would almost be better if they kept in Walford because uh, I think he brings, uh, I mean, probably not actually better than Goff, but he does bring that running and that extra component. And he's actually pretty dang fast. So he, Walford's got some wheels, but it looks like Goff's going to play. But I take the Seahawks. Um, I would say my guess would be 23-17 Seahawks. Uh, nice low-scoring game. So that's the second game. Last game, Saturday night, Tampa Bay Bucks against the Washington football team where they will be playing football against another football team. Games on NBC, 8-15. Brady not been great in night games this year. Um, he said his bedtime 
years ago, you say, he's saying his bedtime was around like 8.45. Now he's saying this year it's been around 9.30. Not like great in night games, but this is different in the past um, with the Patriots. He always played well in the Saturday night playoff games. Um, one thing we can't for, forget going into this game is I know the, the uh, football team won their division, but do not be fooled. It's the Washington football. They're not good at football. They're simply not good at playing football, even if Alex Smith is completely healthy. Um, if they toss in Heineken, I think they get much worse. Um, Alex Smith, not terrible. I mean, people people underestimate Alex Smith because of the, the dink and dunk thing, but he went 11-5 with those Chiefs teams with uh, Andy Reid. He wasn't able to get him over the hump because when you need to move down the field at third and eight, uh, he wasn't able to do that. At the end... Uh, I think Tampa blows this one out. I think 37-21 is what we're looking at. Uh, Washington just isn't that good. And just because they won their last game, they only, they were trying to lose to the Eagles, it seemed like, that last game. Um, not uh, The Eagles were obviously threw in the towel, but the Redskins still just didn't really take the game. It was so strange. So I, I think Washington is just not a good team, and I think Tampa Bay blows them um, out. So those are, those are what I uh, – see happening on Saturday. Um, I got Indy with the upset to summarize Indy with the upset and Seahawks won a close one. And then Tampa Bay um, Saturday night blows out the Washington football team. Okay. That does it for the podcast today. I'm gonna have another one Sunday morning. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm going to start posting more. I got this new mic. That's good. I, I was, I didn't like the audio quality of my first slew of podcast. So I feel better with, with this mic. I feel like it's a somewhat decent product. Let me know what you guys think. If you want to hear different stuff, anything you would change, any of that cool stuff, um, let me know. And I will talk to you guys on Sunday morning.